Hey everyone, this is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of Irie Financial. Welcome to another episode of AdBits, where I will be sharing bits of knowledge about self-directed retirement. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdBits. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney, founder of IRA Financial. Today's episode, I want to talk about flipping real estate and the UBTI tax. With the real estate market booming, prices rising over 25% in one year, I've had a lot of clients make a lot of money flipping homes in their self-directed IRA. So why do you want to flip homes in your self-directed IRA? Well, you don't pay any tax when you sell the home. So especially if you're going to be buying and selling homes within a year, if you did this with personal funds, you'd have to pay ordinary income tax, which is your ordinary tax rate, which can go up as high as around 37% plus state tax. If you held the real estate longer than 12 months, you pay long-term capital gains tax, which is 15 to 20% depending on your income level. So if you did it in an IRA, you can potentially save upwards of 37% plus state tax or as low as 15%. So obviously there's some significant advantages. The second reason is many people are IRA rich and cash poor. So most of their savings are in their IRA and they have the capacity or at least a better opportunity to use those funds to flip real estate than they would if they use personal funds, which are tied up into other expenses and purposes like living and paying mortgage and credit cards and all that great stuff. So there's been a huge, really in the last 15 years, I mean, there's been a huge trend. I'd say 60% of my clients are in the real estate world and a good chunk of those are in some way flipping real estate. And obviously with prices getting higher, it's been a challenging environment, although The investors that have been able to find good opportunities in the last couple of years have made a killing this year just by the fact that real estate's appreciated during COVID 25 to 40%, depending on where you are in the country. So about a lot of clients uh, make huge scores doing real estate. And just as a step back, when it comes to what you can or cannot do in an IRA, the tax code doesn't say what you can do. It only states what you cannot do do. And there's really only three things you cannot do in an IRA. Can't buy life insurance, can't buy collectibles like art, and that's found under section 408M of the code. And then the third and broadest category says you cannot do any transaction that in any way directly or indirectly involves or benefits you as the IRA owner or any of your lineal descendants, parents, children, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, or any entities controlled by such persons. So you can't buy a house and live in it. You can't take your IRA, buy yourself a watch, buy yourself a TV, buy yourself a car, buy your wife a Rolex watch, take your kids to Disney. Can't do that. When you do an IRA investment, it must be done to exclusively 100% benefit your IRA. So when you flip the house, you sell it to a third party. You can't sell it to your kids or your spouse. So how does UBTI or unrelated business taxable income come into real estate flipping? Well, UBTI is taxed really in three instances. It generally only applies to charities and retirement accounts, which are also taxed as a 501 trust. And 
These are the three ways, the unrelated business taxable income tax, which can go as high as 37% on the net income could be triggered. One, your IRA uses margin and buy stock. Number two, your IRA uses a non-recourse loan to buy real estate. When I said non-recourse, it's a loan you do not personally guarantee. The reason it has to be non-recourse is an IRA cannot personally guarantee an obligation and thus cannot take a traditional mortgage. So anytime an IRA 401k is involved in a real estate transaction, the loan must be non-recourse, no personal guarantee. And then the third is if your IRA invests in an active business, like if your IRA invests in a restaurant that's operated through an LLC or other pass-through entity like a partnership, the UBTI tax applies. Now, when I say LLC or partnership, I need to make sure you understand that it has to be a pass-through entity. Otherwise, anytime you invested in a publicly traded company like Apple or Google, you would trigger UBIT. But we know that's not the case because almost every public company on the U.S. markets are corporations, C-Corps. So think of it as C-Corps, a big box. It blocks in all the corp income, the corp pays tax, and then any retained earnings can be sent by dividend to the shareholders. So the C-Corp does not trigger UBIT. Only if you invest in an active trader business through a pass-through entity owned by a retirement account does it trigger UBIT. So again, three ways, marginal by stock, non-recourse loan by real estate, and investing in an active business through a pass-through entity. So rental real estate, is it a business or is it passive? Right. That's the million dollar question. That is the question which will determine whether the UBTI tax will apply. Now, generally, I have clients ask me this all the time. Adam, what's the number? Is it three flips, 10 flips, 15 flips a year? What is the number that tells me that my passive flipping activity in my retirement account now passes through that doorpost or threshold and now becomes active? And I'll tell you what I tell all my clients. It's all based on facts and circumstances. Yes, I know that's the lawyer diplomatic answer, but it's true. And let me go through a couple cases. In Malden v. Commissioner, which is a 10th Circuit 1952 case, the court explained that there's no fixed formula or rule of thumb for determining whether a property sold by a taxpayer was held by him primarily for sale to customers or in the ordinary course of business. Each case must rest upon its own facts. This other case, Adam v. Commissioner, 73 tax court case. The tax court analyzed the following factors in determining whether the taxpayer was engaged in the trader business. The purpose for which the asset was acquired, okay, the IRA wanted to make a passive investment, good fact. The frequency, continuity, and size of the sales, how often were they done, how big, how close in proximity. The extent of improvements you made to the property. Did you just do some like landscaping or did you knock down the house and rebuild it? and the proximity of sale to purchase, right? Are you doing these flips every week? Is it once every 10 months? What's going on here? So again, not one factor is more important than the other. It's all taken together in the aggregate, and then the IRS or the court will determine whether the activity is passive or active, okay? So again, you need to examine the number of flips you're doing, the frequency, the amount of improvements. I also think looking at what you do personally is also a factor. So if you are a real estate developer on your own time for a profitable enterprise that you do full time, that is a factor versus, hey, I'm a scientist or I'm a doctor, or I'm a lawyer, 
I'm a consultant. Uh, I, I work at a supermarket. Um, and then I do some real estate on the side. So though that is another factor that I would assume a court uh, would look at. So there's no, again, white or black setting here where once you go from four to two to six flips, whatever that number is, you are in the UBTI world. Obviously, the less is more, right? One or two or three flips, probably not going to be a business. Probably four or five won't be a business too. But if you're doing 10, 15 flips a year, could the IRS argue your business? Possibly. Now, the good fact is that, hey, this is a retirement account. What I do suggest is do other stuff in that account too, right? Let's say you uh, sell your home. You have 50 grand that comes back to you. Buy some stocks, buy cryptos, buy gold. Show that, hey, the real estate's part of your overall investment strategy. That's a good thing to have. Don't put all your money in the real estate. Show that your IRA also do uh, does other investments, whether it's equities or hard money loans or cryptos. You want to show the IRS that this is just part of the investment strategy, part of the diversification strategy. So it's, it's important to kind of plan. Uh, if you're doing, I think, under four or five flips, I really wouldn't worry. I know there's sites out there and there's information on the Internet that says don't do more than two flips. Uh, it's rubbish. There's no case that, that suggests that. Again, look at all the cases, the two cases I mentioned, the Adam and the Malden. It clearly says facts and circumstances. Each case must be must rest upon its own facts. And then you want to look at those elements, the purpose, which again, your IRA is clearly doing it for passive purposes. You can earn a salary. It's not so it's not for business. How frequent the continuity and the size is another element. What are you doing to the property? Are you putting a swimming pool in there? You're just doing some light improvements. And how quick are you doing these flips? Is it literally, you get the money in the bank, you do a new deal the next day, or are you waiting? Are you doing stocks? Are you doing real uh, Bitcoin, cryptos, gold, hard money loans? Is this part of just an overall investment strategy? So that's it. Um, I think it's important if you're doing a bunch of flips to consider what I'm saying. Um, if you, you are a client of IRA Financial or not, and you want to chat about this, let us know. This is, you know, one of the values of working with a company like IRA Financial. We have an amazing team of self-directed retirement tax experts that can help you, you know, navigate these rules, talk to you about uh, what these cases say. Uh, we dig through rulings, private letter rulings to see if anything's out there that could be uh, relevant based off your facts. So we will help you. Uh, you will ultimately make that decision, right? It's a self-reporting tax. The UBTI tax is paid on a form 990T. Uh, it's only paid if your IRA triggers the UBIT, again, by margin, non-recourse loan by real estate, investment in an active trader business through a pass-through entity like an LLC. It needs to be more than a net amount of $1,000. And then you would file the, the 990T. So how do you get audited if you don't file the form? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's very tough to get audited. It's very fact and circumstances. It's not like a primitive transaction where you take your IRA and buy yourself a car. I mean, you get audited, you're done. You can't defend that. This is very gray. It's very arbitrary. It's facts and circumstances. And, um, you know, that's something the IRS would have to decide whether they want to attack the transaction. Uh, um, the, the, obviously, the, the more high volume you do, the harder that uh, defense um, pro will prove to be. It's way easier for me to defend three flips a year versus 15. 
Okay, but I think as a general rule, if you're doing under five a year, I, I would not worry. Uh, what I would suggest as a tip is when you get some money in, do some other stuff, right? Let's say you have 100 grand in your IRA, you can use 90 for the flips. Put 10 in stocks, put, buy some Bitcoin, gold, uh, hard money loan, do something else with the money. Because again, you want to show this is part of an overall investment diversification strategy. You're not just in the business of flipping. For an IRA, it's very hard to prove this because there's no, you're not earning a salary. Uh, all the gains are going back to the IRA. So it's, it's awfully tough for the IRS to make these arguments and be successful. Notwithstanding what's said out there on the internet, it's not all true. Um, there's lots of rubbish out there, as I mentioned, where people are just putting numbers saying, can't do more than X number, and that's just not right. And, and the case law is clear that there is no set number. It's based off each case, and it's based off certain elements that the court or the IRS would look at to determine whether the activity triggered the UBTI tax. So there you go. It's an important topic. Um, I, it's hard to do just you know, a 10, 12 minute podcast on it because there's a bunch of details that needs to be examined. And it's something that I, I really enjoy talking to clients one-on-one on because I really want to understand more of the facts um, because every situation is different. Uh, what, what you do personally, how often you're doing this, the size, frequency, the amount of improvements, right? Everything's a little bit different. So it's fun to kind of talk with a client and strategize and figure out ways how to protect the investment so that the IRS does not attack the transaction and triggers this 37% UBTI tax. So there you go. Thank you so much for your support listening. It's been amazing. I get incredible uh, questions and comments. So really, really thank you. Thanks for listening. Uh, Subscribe if you haven't. Super appreciate it. We drop this podcast every uh, Tuesday. So look out for it. We also have, I also dropped two others on Wednesday and Thursday, Adam talks Wednesday, ad mail Thursday. So if you're into taxes, retirement, investments, self-directed retirement questions, if you're super into alternative assets and, and becoming the best self-directed investor you can be, then check us out. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll learn a lot and uh, you'll have some fun as well. So thank you again. Uh, appreciate you guys listening and um, take care. Talk to you again next week.